Listen, the distance between us and God is the distance between us and all and the Bible, reading the Bible for the purpose of hearing God. Satan will leave you praying and fasting if you don't read the Bible. It is the word of God that changes and transforms people. It is fine. If you say, well, pray, 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 you, so it's, the, it's once you get on that word and you are staying on that word and you are praying, God, open my eyes, then he knows we're in trouble. Because it's the word that is the seed that produces 30, 60, and 100. That is the seed that produces. Prayer energizes that seed, but it is the word that effectually working, all right, in them that believe and produces that. So once you pray about something and you are declaring that particular thing there, right, then wait upon the word of God and start praying to him, God, open up my ears, open up my eyes, and sit with that word. And start reading it. And whatever it suggests to you. When, if you see things that is, is, you find uncomfortable, read those things again. Find, you know, you, you know, find those things. If you read the subject there of love and you find out some places there, long-suffering. And it keeps telling you, long-suffering. That long-suffering just coming out. Long-suffering. Then it says, go and check more scriptures on long-suffering. You look at it there. Jesus, forgive. That, I mean, I mean, I mean if, if the Bible says, curse not. Curse not. Bless them. You can't keep your eyes on that and curse people. You, you just cannot. You cannot. Because you have to explain, anytime you look at that scripture, what Jesus was saying when he said, curse not. When you turn and he says, and he says, I mean, you go and tweet anyhow and abuse everybody in authority on Twitter, and then you come there and you say, even when Michael was contending, right, he, rebu- he did not, re- he, he says, the Lord rebuked thee. He says, these are brute beasts, speak evil of dignitaries. Once you see that, speak evil of dignitaries, wandering stars, you look at it, clouds without water, twice dead. What? <laughs> all right, posters. Once you start seeing that, all right, covenant breakers, hate parents. I mean, as you are, one will catch you. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? Here? I mean, sometimes you can look at the whole thing and say, partially. There's a trace of all these things. I mean, all right? And then the Holy Ghost begins to, to minister to you about transformation in that particular area. And that's what David was talking about. That's the whole thing David was saying. That's all David was saying. David was saying, look, if I, if I regard iniquity, if I say that I'm not going to change, if I say that, you know, it, it has nothing to do with me, right? And I'm just praying, and I'm just praying, and I'm just praying, and I'm just praying, and I regard, and I, and I do, it says that prayer will not go. If I offer a prayer and I couple with praise and then I understand that I'm sitting with the word of God and the light is going to come on and the word of God will begin to teach, correct, all right, instruct me and reprove me about the way and manner in which, all right, I'm going about things and I begin to look at that word, then uh, the changes now begin to happen all right, inside your life. It begins. That's where the progress. So once you get to a point in life that you are static, 
is because your belief system can't take you beyond that point. There's something about the way you believe. Let me tell you this, that you even believe how God is, that you are not right. The fact that you are taught that way and you have accepted it doesn't necessarily mean that it's accurate. Are you following what I'm saying? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's accurate. All right? Many people have believed things about even God blessing them there financially in, in ways that God himself, God himself, all right? God himself. Some people even feel that if there's any form of ailment and they take tablets, they have sinned. People that believe that. Well, then you then have to explain to me the scripture that says, you have to explain to me the scripture that says, a merry heart doeth good like medicine. Didn't you say like medicine? <laughs> so medicine does good. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes, All right? So God can instruct a person. Okay? I mean, so you, but if the belief system, and we've had people who had that belief system who died. I mean, someone has come before in this place. So we're, 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 I told the person at night, pray, pray. No. Carry the person now to the hospital. <laughs> Are you from there? That, so, that, so that you're not confused about any spiritual coming. Carry the person now to the hospital. Now, now. And when you get there, report me to God that we called him. He said we should carry to the hospital. In the morning, we'll come and pray while he's there. All right? Because people sometimes, and it's just a belief system. So it can just be a belief system that somebody has had based on maybe one testimony they had, and it's a belief system that, look, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'll just sit down. And, and my business will just begin to grow. <laughs> now, I've told you, it's, it's a belief system. It's a belief system. When the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge, it's talking about information. It's not saying deep, deep revelation. It's information. So they don't have information about it. Some Christians just don't believe that. They don't believe that we should, all right, I mean, to some people, it's massive revelation for them to know that God actually came to form man. They actually thought God just spoke man. That he just said it. A man just appeared. God molded man. So he says, whatever you say, your hands. That's why the Bible says, a man who talks too much and his hands, it will lead to poverty. So there has to be, a, and, and that's what we talk about belief system. You know, you say things, some people, some people say, I know, you're not saying this, uh, prayer. Look, we, look, if we don't teach it right, people will begin to doubt God. Because you cannot have a nation that prays more than every other nation. And then you go outside and your roads are as bad as can be. And you are praying till tomorrow. Now, you have to be able to explain to people why there is so much prayer and 
if the people are honest with themselves, just honest, the life that they are living is not the kind of life they are praying about. So why is the prayer not seeming to be working? The problem is not with God. It's your belief system about it. In other words, prayer is for God to tell you what to do so that when you carry it out, then things will happen. Even Jesus, when they said people were not coming for the feast, he said, go out and compel them. Now, all listen what he said, all things were ready. The feast was good. Do you get what I'm saying? The feast was already, God showed me, said, and was good. You might have a belief system that thinks that once the feast is good, people will come. But he said, go and compel them. And when they compelled, they came back, and the place was, in fact, he said, make sure, they said we went out, which means you can prepare something that is good, but go and meet the wrong people. And when it fails, you think that is a failure in your product. You can be frustrated going to the wrong people. And you are doubting what you produced. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, this is what I'm trying to tell you. So somebody, listen to this, so I'm going somewhere with this. So somebody, as a Christian, born again, Holy Ghost Christian, starts a business and hires people for marketing. You say that, why are you doing marketing? And you believe this silly thing. Every good product doesn't need to be publicized. It sells itself. (laughs) I just showed you a scripture that Jesus said when the supper was ready, all he says the supper is now ready. He says if you go to the wrong people, they will use the excuses to discourage you. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, you preach to your friends. At the end of the message, you are bleeding anointing. That's true. That's sharing the word. By the time you get outside, they are talking about something else. As though what you said didn't mean anything. Your heart sinks. All right? So, what I'm trying to say is that you can have a belief system that is wrong. And that belief system is hindering you. And there's a belief system that simply says that, you know, once a product is good, it will fly by. Do you get what I'm saying here? And it's because people probably don't do the real research to understand that that thing you said flew by itself probably was somebody who experienced it that carried the matter on their head as that woman went to market Jesus' ministry. So when somebody comes to meet you and says, let us put this structure here to be able to reach out to people, ah, you say, oh, no, no. The angels of God are moving with me. (laughs) Now, God has given you, which means a person is praying, and you are praying, and then it goes on that scripture. 
Then the scripture starts instructing the person. You see, I'm just saying this now, but to you in your own life, okay? <laughs> I mean, somebody says, <laughs> I just saw this on social media, and it's quite true. Somebody put it on a classmate's group, and it's true. It says, those of you that wish your enemies dead, all right, say, my enemy should die. Don't forget the Bible says a man's enemies are those of his house, as well as those of his house. <laughs> so it's your family members that we die for. You're right. He said, those who just know your home, if you start saying, let me die, your household. But what I'm saying, what I'm getting is that. So you have a, what is called a limiting belief system. All right? That limits how far because, and you have done the work as you should. But how you believe things. So somebody else sits with that scripture, and God now breaks it down for that person. Now, now, somebody just comes out to teach and just says, well, you know, you know I'm, I'm not into all this, just this marketing, this, you know, I'm just my, no, 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 no. We just, you self person, that's your problem. Because I wasted three years cooking supper, doubting what I cooked, until God showed me that go out there and compel them to All right? And the word compel doesn't look like a nice word. And as much as we are saying that we are deep, check your life. Somebody may have been compelling you. I mean, I had a friend in the classmate, he didn't know. In fact, he didn't know. So what I did was that I did a, a video, put it up on 60 seconds, what I learned, then sent it to another classmate. And then she said, does he know? that this happened. I said, no. I said, I should wait. She will send it to him. Because we got on the group. This was the last time I, I've not even seen him since then. Last time I set my eyes on him was in 1988. I've not seen him till now. And he kept coming to meet me every Tuesday, Wednesday. He would drive. Let's go to Scripture Pastor. Let's go to Scripture Pastor. Let's go to Scripture I didn't go. I said, so I decided one week I was going to go. I told him I'll come, I'll come, I'll come. I didn't come. So after he drove to my house, because it was close to my house, and he would drive him back. He said, but you said you were coming. I said, I forgot, honestly. I said, I'll come next week. So that next week, I went. And when I went, they did the altar call. I walked forward. I rededicated my life to Christ. Got back home. The next day, I decided, let me go and meet him to tell him that I've rededicated all, right, all your compelling, has worked. When I got there, the mother said he's gone to England. So I thought, because I think there was a long break, Israel's breaks, long break, and then he'll come back. He never came back from England. Now, yeah, I became a pastor, he didn't know. In fact, when I came on the group and I said something, his mother is Jamaican, so he said, are you a pastor? You know, he said, are you a pastor? Are you a pastor man? That's what he said. I said, yes, I'm a pastor man. He said, ah, he had forgotten because he had backslid and just came back. So when I sent it to him, he called me. He said, you mean I was the one that got you to worry? I said, yes. He said, they now told me who in the class got him. And so that he has been looking for the guy. And I, that one came to see my house. I've not seen him almost, almost um, um, actually I haven't seen him like since 1988. But I'm just saying that. It was the practice. Now, 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 
You might say you're a nice guy. Somebody says he doesn't want to come. We don't bother him. All right? But the way I got here was that they bothered me. Are you following what I'm saying? Somebody sat on it. So sometimes we have belief system that contradicts what Jesus is saying. You understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you, let me tell you something. You can't really break through if you don't start by doing something lower than your social status. If you want to be high, uh, we are prim and proper, nothing. All right? And that thing, what's that money? Look, you see me like, one day, you know this hold up, hold up, hold up. I went to go and preach for somebody. Dedication of his church as the minister of God to to dedicate the church. You understand? As the man of God. I was coming back home. I got to hold up over there. When I saw the hold up, I got down in the car. I saw an Okada passing. People pass over, it's your problem. <laughs> I got on my Okada. In fact, the hold up was so bad that when I returned to my house, it was blocked. So I got down from the Okada to conduct the traffic so that my Okada. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not a problem. Because when we started this ministry, I used to go with them. It's you that say you have got it. Not. Yeah, like, yes, I was walking home. One of my staff said, Pastor, no, 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 you can't walk. How can you walk? Ah, you can't walk. Ah, ah, Pastor, you can't walk. I said, <laughs> I said, I'm walking to my house. It's exercise. So can you walk? They'll see you on the road. I said, I am walking to my house. But when I got down, the words had affected me. So I saw it. So it's all it took me. But I walk. You understand what I'm saying? If you, just, if you greet me, I'll greet you and keep walking fast. <laughs> I say, Pastor, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> All right? So, the point I'm trying to say is that our belief system sometimes or I limit us. And to grow, therefore, sometimes to do things that are counterintuitive. Like what I've said now, it's just a belief system that God has to, and you, you can be trapped in that belief system and frustrated for the rest of your life if you don't get out of it. Because you are wondering what is wrong with why are people not coming to eat it? But you are simply asking people who every response will discourage you. You pour your life into something and they say that I have just bought land. I want to go and inspect it. Are you from there? You do massive convention. You are calling the wrong people. You will just sit down sad. All right? While there are people out there Right, so that, if you reach them, and, and people now see that those people have responded, then these other people now change their perspective, all right, of you and see you in a totally um, different light. Okay? You will change, you will change how you believe, you will change the way you behave. All right? And it will change the way you respond emotionally. If you will change those three things, they will begin to make progress. Some people, let me tell you, I don't care what you say. You're going to change the way you dress. In some places, you just, they, people just won't take you serious. They just will not take you serious. There's nothing, and, and if those people, those are the doors you want to open, that's it. Are you from saying? 
They just will not take you seriously. I mean, I was applying to a college in America to do some courses. I had to meet somebody who had done it before. That how did they write this thing? Because you may write it like a pastor. Are you what I'm saying? You've never written that kind of thing. You write like a pastor. All right? And when you write it, you close it. And this is not ministry. This is the school. Okay? So, so they told me, no, you have to. So I got someone, someone else. So, so I, I, I told the person what I wanted to say. Do you get what I'm saying? But say it in the way they will understand what is inside me. <laughs> in 250 words. I put it in power. It worked. Are, are you from saying? So you have to understand that. You may have content, but your delivery. Are you following? Look, okay, let me show you. If, if, if there's a drink, good drink, but there are molds around the package, I give it to you. You say this one that is spoiled. I'll say no. In paper, the way paper is, it, the paper may be spoiled, but the content inside, there's this foil around it that, and you are correct, but nobody will risk. So when you appear to the world, they say this one that looks like this. No, no, no. Content wise, ah, they say we can't risk it. Look for the one. That's why the Bible says, provide things honest in the sight of God and in the sight of men. And then the Bible says, men look on the outward. Is God alone that sees? So men will judge you by. Outside. Because the way they have been judging how to eat a fruit is by looking outside to know whether the fruit is right. If, if I give you a fruit now and you look at it and say, ah, it's right, eat it. You look at it. Are you judging by inside? By the time you look inside, it's too late to taste. You've already eaten what you're not supposed to eat. So you judge by what? Outside. And that's the way you practice life. No matter how deep you are, you first look outside. When outside says it's okay, then let us go. Are you following saying here? So your belief system, and the only way you can get that is Lord. So that's why I said, Rick, stop saying that you know there's something wrong with people outside. There's nothing wrong with them. It's the way you see things. It's the way you talk. It's the way you approach. It's the way it says if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I refuse to change, then I take affliction. Rather than change. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word and by the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish us in this truth and in all righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.
Psalm 52. That's the reading from verse 9. It says, I will praise thee forever uh, because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. So here the psalmist uh, said something. He said, I will praise thee forever. Because thou hast done it. So he was referring to something. And he said, I will praise you because it is done. However, I will now wait on thy name. For it is good before thy sake. Uh, so this evening I want to speak on this concept about uh, praising God, and here it talks about waiting on the name of God. And in Psalm 18 from verse 3, Psalm 18, it says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So when he said in Psalm 52, I will praise thee because thou hast done it, here it says, I will call upon the Lord, and then I will praise him because he has done what I've called him, called upon him for. For I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And then it goes on and says, and so shall I be saved from my enemies. Then it goes on and says that the sorrows of death compassed me, <clears throat> Floods of ungodly men made me afraid. Sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. Then he talked about in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God and he heard my voice out of his temple, my cry came before him into his ears. Now, I'm going to continue here, but let's look at another scripture in Psalm 66 and verse 16. Psalm, he said, come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. Now, look at what he says again, verse 17. I cried unto him with my mouth, and then he was extolled with my tongue. So it says, I cried unto him with my mouth, that's prayer, and then I extolled or praised him with my tongue. Right? In Psalm 18 and verse 3, it says, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Then in Psalm 52, I want to say this, and verse 9, I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. 
Then I will wait on thy name, for it is good before thy saints. So here we say, I'm saying, I will praise you because you've done it. It refers to something, and it was referring to what he prayed about. And then he now talked about waiting on the name of the Lord, for it is good before thy saints. Isaiah tells us that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. It says they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So they are waiting upon God on something they have prayed about, and now they are praising God for the fulfillment of that particular thing. And so they wait upon right, the Lord. And so it's this period, uh, some I want to share, right, that we do during this time. And it says in, all right, Psalm 66 and verse 16. It says, come and hear all that fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. And then it says, again, it says, I called upon him, I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. Then he said something, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And then verse 19, it says, Verily he has heard me, and attended to the voice of my cry, of my prayer. And verse 20, it says, Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. So there's something he referred to that says, that attitude which is, if I regard iniquity in my heart. Now, we'll see what that means. It says, then the Lord will not hear me. So first it says, I will pray. Then number two, I will praise him for he has done it. Then number three, he says, the only way this thing will not work is if I regard iniquity in my heart. Now, there is something when he talks about regarding iniquity because everybody has run away so much from preaching sin consciousness. All right, we've come to a place <clears throat> Where nobody talks about anything, and when the everybody just takes off, all right, and leaves, and people don't go into it to unravel what David really was talking about. That if I regard iniquity inside my heart, he, he will not hear me. So he was referring to something, uh, and it has nothing to do with sin consciousness. In fact, that's where the teaching of righteousness stemmed out from when he says that what had Abraham our father has found as pertaining to righteousness. And then it says, David also described the blessedness of the man to whom the Lord will impute all right, righteousness without any form of sin. So he talks about here, if I regard iniquity in my heart. Then we'll go back to Psalm 18, and from that we'll understand what he was saying in Psalm 18 and verse, from verse 3 here. Okay, so he goes on. And talks about, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Then in verse 6, 
In my distress, I called upon the Lord, cried unto my God, and he heard his voice out of his temple. My cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. Now, so things were happening. Foundations of the hills moved, and they were shaken, because he was wroth. And there went up smoke from his nostrils, fire, and all of that. He bowed the heavens also and came down, darkness under his feet. And he says in verse 12, And the brightness that was before him was a thick cloud. And then verse 13, The Lord thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice. Right? And then he got to verse 16 after those powerful things. It says, He sent from above and shook me and drew me out of many waters. Same thing David said there in Psalm 40, but let's go on here. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from them that hated me. And then he says in verse 19, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Now, so David said he delivered me because he delighted, which means he was he, he derived pleasure from my life, so he delivered me. Here again, we will say, well, you know, all right, we say that, well, if I'm not delighted, I'll get under condemnation. But we've got to understand this. We have to understand this. For what God told Abraham when he called him was walk before me, and be thou perfect. He didn't say, say what I'm saying. He said, walk before me, and be thou what? Perfect. Psalm says, no good thing shall he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So David says here, the reason why he, he delivered me was because he delighted in me. Then he went on. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. Now, it says for. The reason is, I kept the ways of the Lord and not wickedly departed from him. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put his statutes away from me. And that's what David was referring to. David was saying that when I offered up my prayer unto God, and then I began to praise him, what delighted, and this is what God is looking for, and we'll see it throughout the entire scriptures, all right, that there was a lot of Movement in heaven that wasn't seen, but it translated to this on the earth. David said, I placed the statutes of God before me. His judgments were before me during that time. It says this, and he ordered me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands, for I kept the ways of God. And have not wickedly departed from, his, from my God. For all my judgments, all his judgments 
were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, God recompensed me according, it says there is, to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. So what David said here was the order of God. A man prays unto God, praises God for the fulfillment of it, then takes the word of God. I will see this. It said, and places the word of God before his eyes and does not depart because he knows that God is going to answer that prayer or he answers that prayer through instructions he will give from the word of God. All right? So God begins to speak to you. So you are not waiting on the outside, waiting for something to happen. You place the word of God before you. You keep your eyes on the word of God there. All right? And as he said, somewhere he said, I have placed that the Lord will see this before me so I cannot be moved. In other words, God begins to open your eyes in answer to prayer and you start hearing that small, still voice from what he's saying to you from the scriptures. He begins to open up the scriptures to you and because you don't depart from the statutes of God and you stay upon that word, but morning by morning, he's opening your ears and giving you instructions and showing you things that you should do. And David was saying that, all right, that was exactly, right, what I was doing. And God rewarded me for keeping those statutes that he showed me in that particular season that I obeyed. Do you get what he's saying here? He was saying that when you go up to God in prayer, right, and you are praising him for it, he said, I will wait upon his name. And the same thing he says in, in Psalm 40. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me. He has put a new song. My ear has thou opened. Uh, God opens your ears during that time. It was a great evangelical that said, man has never really, that the soul never imbibes truth in its living power except it requires it. Man has never found God. There is no man that has found God through philosophy or wisdom that man has always discovered God in his need. So when you are in that particular point, now look, you can hear things, you preach things, say, well, I believe that, I believe this, I do this, I believe that. You can say that. But the God you know is the God that you saw when you were in trouble. Are you following me there? When the heat was on and you opened the Bible, the, the, what you know, that you know that you know, is what read your life while you are in trouble. I had a friend once, he came to meet me, all right, he was sick for, for weeks. And he was in Luth, he was, he was a medical student. So one day, he came to see me, he said, after he got well, he said, you know, I sat on that bed, he said, I sat on that bed. He said, he said you know what? I said, so, he said, look. He said, I confessed that everything said, but you know what? He said, I opened, now, that doesn't apply to everybody, but to him in that situation. Do you get what I'm saying here? That does not apply to everybody. That's what you, as a person in that situation, saw. That's why he says, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart in the day of provocation. 
all right? Most people are living on what they were told from the pulpit, not what they saw. Do you get what I was saying there? And the point where God wanted to start showing them things. Look, there is nobody in this world you can call that can preach me out of some things I believe. Nobody. All right? If they finish preaching, we greet the person and go away. Because you were not there when we were in trouble. That's why it says, they shall need no man to teach. It says, but I will write my laws in their mind. It's during this time. In their inward thoughts. He says, are you going to tell Moses who saw God that, 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 that you say, no, it's not like that. What do you mean it's not like that? When you, with your own eyes, you saw him. So what he's talking about here, I will say this here, is that during that time there, God opens your heart. And he starts. You know, when we're going to start, well, Beck, I keep saying this. And I went to meet Reverend Emiko. I said, you know, we need to do this conference in Nigeria. It's important that there's a truth that may be lost in this country. He said, I understand. He got it. He said, I understand what you are saying. He said, there are two strings. He said, one, people prayed, they'll be fasted, hoping that God. He said, the second one is the one where a person prays, then sits with the word of God. He says, and as he starts beholding that word, after some time, what he's seen in the word of God starts showing up in his life. When he says that, it talks about the perfect law of liberty. Let me tell you what. And, 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 and I, I put this out. Oh, let me tell you. The perfect law of liberty. It says, don't be a hearer only, but be a doer. Who is a hearer? A hearer is a man who looked at himself in the mirror, went his way, and forgot what manner of man that he was. But when he was looking at himself in the mirror, he remembered. So, who is the doer? He says, he that looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues. Which means the way to start doing it is to fix your gaze on it. That we all with an open face. You see that face is open. The Bible says, when you turn to the Lord, the veil shall be removed. In other words, when you are in a situation, if you turn to men, to riches, you won't see anything in the word of God. But when you make God your only source, and you turn to him in prayer, that you are the one going to settle it, the veil is taken away. Now, once the veil is removed, this is what David was saying. He said, and I started seeing things in the word of God, and ideas started coming out from the scriptures, and things began to, he said, and I kept those things. God rewarded me according to those things I was keeping. He wasn't saying I wasn't making mistakes in his life. That's not what they were saying. It wasn't condemnation. He was saying he rewarded me according to. So if in that particular thing he saw, God told him, stop treating that person that way, he stopped. If while he was looking at it, I mean, there's a, there's a psalm. He said in that psalm, he said, anybody that slandered his neighbor beside in, in my face, he says, I cut the relationship. He says, anybody that lies continually, I don't allow him in my house. He, say, he said, listen, I will not allow a certain character to serve me. 
Which means as he was beholding it, he was seeing those things and making decisions based on them. Now, let me tell you why the church has a major sin problem. Let me tell you why. The reason why people, it's not that the word of God doesn't have power. Let me tell you why. Because we've been saying we don't want to preach sin consciousness, we don't want to preach sin consciousness, we don't tell anything about sin again. And once people don't look at scriptures that rebuke and correct them, they will never be corrected. And nobody is preaching it because they don't want to say sin consciousness. But the Bible says all scripture is profitable. For rebuke is there. Reproof. Now, that's why God said, you have cast my words behind you. In other words, you told the prophets, only prophesy smooth things. We don't want to see anything that is uncomfortable, which means the way to correct your character is, look at the uncomfortable things in the word of God. Look at the things in the word of God that are confronting you. Look at the things that say to you that anger dwells in the bosom of a foolish man. That tells you there is more hope for a fool than a man who says, look at, as you keep looking at those things, huh? it's burning, you see, what's making you uncomfortable? Is the two-edged sword entering those things? In other words, he's not saying, go and change yourself by yourself. He's saying, look at what I am showing you. All right? And so once you open it, if you are stealing in an office, you'll be seeing robber, thief, thief, robber, thief. I hate robbery. Hate, rob, you'll be seeing it. Now, if you take your eyes off that, and you're just looking at uh, Jesus, that, look, then the rob, but if you keep looking at robbery, thief, robbery, thief, robbery, thief, thief. I don't keep coming with a thief, thief, thief. And I bet you the Holy Ghost will be showing you all the scriptures for stealing. Everywhere you go, you see thief, thief, still, still, until he's burning that thing. Stop, stop, stop. Then you wake up one day, we'll see this. He said, as for me, I will behold you in your righteousness till I awake in your likeness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.